going to take us to the third part of our conversation on ask and you shall receive. Until now, almost all of our conversations, starting at New Year's Eve actually, centered around things we should ask the Lord. Whether it's asking the Lord for favour or asking the Lord for the wisdom to be able to manage what we already have like Solomon did. It's been a conversation about having the boldness to ask, that God is not put off by our asking. But today and next week when I wrap up this series, I want to take the conversation to questions that God asks us in the Bible. And then also to questions we should perhaps have the boldness to ask one another. You know, questions can be really loaded sometimes. Think of questions like, are you wearing that? It's a question, but behind the question is a whole lot of opinion. You understand what I mean, right? Think of how many times in the Bible God asks us a question or we have to ask one another a question. Right in the Genesis story, there is a question. Adam, where are you? And then, Adam, what have you done? And then, Adam, are you wearing that? (laughs) Of all the leaves to find, a fig. You have to know something about plants to know why, although it may be appropriate in that those leaves are quite large, they are very uncomfortable leaves. I don't understand what he was thinking. Imagine, imagine the three questions. Adam, where, where are you? Adam, what have you done? Adam, what are you wearing? I sometimes think is the summary of our relationship with God. Where are you? What have you done? And why are you wearing those unrighteous garments when I have paid for your righteousness and granted you righteous garments instead? Did that go too deep too quick? I hope not. You know, there are many questions dotted throughout Scripture all the way into the New Testament, whether it's God saying to Moses, what's in your hand? Or God speaking again and again uh, to us throughout Scripture, what are you reading? As the man um, in the uh, chariot uh, goes to, along the road uh, towards uh, Jerusalem. But there are one or two questions that are so important, I think we have to ask them and we have to answer them. We have to have the boldness to do it. And today, I want to talk to you about whether you've asked for help from the Holy Spirit. Do you know, we all live in an environment in which we seem to ask for help from everywhere first, except the Spirit. We ask our friends, we ask Google, we check on YouTube, we find out what our neighbours say, even sometimes our pastors. And then last, we go to the Spirit. And the Bible is constantly reminding us that all the rest of us are just reinforcers of what the Spirit is saying to you. And perhaps cultivating a relationship with knowing what God is saying to us personally and getting help from the Holy Spirit is the most valuable thing we can do in our lives. I'm gonna tell you a personal story about how that works. Well, I'll tell you two personal stories, I guess, on how that works in my own life. Recently, um, story one, um, I had a break-in at my home Actually, to be fair, it was at my garage, which for some reason, I don't always calculate as part of my home. It's far away from the main house. And somebody broke in and stole the logo of my car. Now look, really, (laughs) I imagine somebody has a trophy shelf at home somewhere and there on it is a little jag 
you know, uh, stolen from my house. They hurt themselves doing it because there was blood. So let me just explain. They, they tried to peel it off and they bled. They, they, they broke the garage door and they got in. And there's, I don't keep stuff in my car. You shouldn't. And, but they got in anyway, smashed the window, nothing to steal, found my sunglasses, decided not cool enough, left them there. I am still nursing a bit of hurt about that. I was hoping for an upgrade. And the, you know, the angel of the devil came on one side, the, the, the demon and the angel of the Lord on the other, because my insurer said, you sure nothing else was stolen, eh? And I just thought, you know, these glasses aren't cool. <laughs> Would have been nice, you know? Take them, take them and go, but no. And they, in the attempt to peel the name off the back of the video, have a 2016 Jag, in case you, you thought I have. And they're peeling it off, and they cut themselves and they bled. And I've been watching too many Netflix series, you know, how to get away with murder and stuff. And I thought, if I open the back of this boot, there better not, there better not be. I've had enough of front page of everything, thank you very much, to last a lifetime. If I open the boot and there's a thing, you're going to get a phone call from me in Cyprus. How's it? <laughs> the Lord has spoken to me. Um, but there was nothing, it was empty, they couldn't get in there uh, uh, either. But, but, but the point is, loaded questions, I, I said to a friend, I'm so annoyed uh, that they did this. What a lot of damage for no good reason. And they said what every sympathetic, not so sympathetic person says. Don't you have an alarm? Well, you know, ask me next week. <laughs> not in that moment. I do have an alarm. I, I just forgot to arm it. I'm insured whether it's on or not though, by the way. So discovery if you're listening. Pay. Um, and so often we don't want to hear the question, but it is the question that needs to be asked in our own spiritual lives. You get yourself into trouble. Things get lost or stolen. The thief comes like in the middle of the night to steal, kill and destroy. And nobody likes it when another spiritual person says to you, did you have no warnings, no alarm? Did nothing go off, no red flags to remind you that you're heading down a road that isn't healthy? And perhaps as irritating as some loaded questions are, they need to be asked. Today, I'm going to invite you to open your heart to asking questions, letting God ask you questions and be willing to ask others questions on behalf of the Lord. Maybe you need to ask one or two people to point them in the direction of their faith, some important questions. I battled as a teenager and a, a young adult with worry. I knew that the Scriptures clearly said, don't worry because you can't add a thing through worry. I know the Bible says that there's no benefit in worrying about tomorrow, sufficient is the trouble for each day. But I grew up worrying. When I read scriptures about how people who didn't know Christ were doomed to an eternal hell, I worried. And when people came to church, I worried whether they got something out of it. And if they didn't come to church, I worried why they didn't come to church. I worried about everything so much and it was all righteous in my mind. I'm worrying about biblical things. And one day I sat with a pastor in KZN 
in a little place called Eshowe, which is where I went to school. I taught us how to farm sugarcane, actually. Um, the great little sugarcane plantation area. And I, I went to boarding school there. And I sat with the pastor one day and I said, I worry a lot. What can we do about it? And he said, have you asked the Holy Spirit to take it away? And I thought, well, it's implied. He said, no, you have to ask. And I asked him why. And he said, you have to ask because in your asking, you're surrendering to all the other strategies you're mentally trying to solve this problem. And you're admitting your dependency and need on God Almighty. You must ask for help. I'm so glad I had that conversation because every now and then my old friend Worry pays me a visit. My old friend pops out and reminds me we've got to worry about this and worry about that. And there are a lot of things to worry about. But I have learned that when that spirit comes, I go to the strength of a greater spirit. And I ask the power and the authority of the Holy Spirit to silence the power and the voice of every other spirit surrounding me. And I watch the Lord raise up a standard against him and lift me up so that I'm seated above the accusations of the enemy. You can't keep going on like this without asking for help. There are also some people out there who are waiting for you to ask them the right question. When you do, it'll point them in the right direction. How many people have not said to you, have you thought about this or that? And it just opens up an idea. There are people waiting for you to ask them the question, hey, have you been back to church yet? We have to ask. Because if we don't do that, nothing happens. And we have to take a step of faith in the direction of asking one another and letting God ask us. I especially want to focus on one of the most powerful questions asked in Scripture. It's found in Acts chapter 19. It changed my life. And I'm confident it'll change yours too. These believers were gathered together in a small room having church. And the apostles came to preach that day. It was a Sunday. Well, technically a Saturday. But while Apollos was at Corinth, uh, Greeks, uh, all of them, by the way, um, I have no idea why that's important. I'm not sure it is. Paul took uh, the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus, a town you can still visit. And there he found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked them, then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. That's the one that goes in the water and come out of the water. He, he told the people to believe in the one coming after him. That is Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 men in all. It's a really powerful passage of Scripture. And I'll tell you why. I think we've stopped laying hands on one another in a holy way. And it's causing a deficiency in our spiritual journey. I don't mean laying hands in the old school weird way. I grew up in weird Christianity. I did. I'm a pro. I've got all the stories you could possibly imagine. I remember 
with some considerable embarrassment, preaching at a conference in George, uh, the town. And there's a retreat there somewhere. Car- Carmel? Carmel? I preached there one year. I couldn't have been more than 15. A good, I'm taking you back a good five or six years now. I remember preaching the power of the Holy Spirit. This was my text. I invited people forward for the laying on of hands. And I took a certain degree of, um, I guess, weird pride that while people were coming forward, they were falling down. We grew up like that. You wonder falling down from what? Well, the Holy Spirit, you know, this was a thing. Nowadays, of course, the last thing you want is people just falling around on a concrete floor. You get sued. So maybe too far. But is there a risk of going too far the other way that we have a knowledge of God but no power in it? That we have an understanding but not an encounter? That we have uh, faith but somehow it's still mixed with fear because the Spirit hasn't come to uproot those things that still need to be uprooted. And so we are winning in eternity but we are defeated in reality. I I think that's a dangerous position to be in. And I think that whether the laying on of hands concept is just asking the question, have you received the Spirit? Have you asked for help? Have you repented from it? You know, the Bible asks hectic questions. Jeremiah chapter 32, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, I am the Lord, the God of all mankind is anything too hard for me. God asked Jeremiah, are you saying the situation is too difficult for me? You know, sometimes God has to ask that question to us, eh? Sometimes we have to even tell, ask one another, are you saying our country's situation is too hard for the Lord? Oh no, I wouldn't say. But you see how the root can spring up in us? That we don't say it, but we imply it. God asks so many powerful questions and We need to ask them of ourselves. Questions help us cross the line. I don't think I would have received the Spirit and lived by the power of the Spirit if someone hadn't asked me, have you ever asked for help from the Holy Spirit? Although worry is a distant cousin now, I'm glad that worry is not my twin. I'm glad that I don't lie awake at night worrying more for the church and worrying more for the future of the country and the future of the world then I can bear. I take that worry to my prayer chamber. I give it to God in prayer. I receive the peace of God which passes all understanding and I sleep well at night. Because the challenge is, I nearly said you can't invite your counsellors into your daily life. They won't be with you in your bed, which I hope is true. But the truth is, that at some point, you're going to be alone again. And the voices will come back to attack your soul unless you have the Holy Spirit shining a light, defending your soul and pushing back the darkness. You're likely to feel defeated. But I want to encourage you. There's victory in the name of Jesus. And we need to ask for help. We need to ask for help and receive the Holy Spirit. There are a couple of things we should do this with. 
Firstly, sharing and asking. What is it about us, generally as human beings, but I think especially as Christians, that we don't want to admit that we need help? We tend to sometimes be so self-sufficient and at times proudful that it's tough to say, we need help. Recently, in our staff team here at church, I said to the um, staff, uh, our team, the team has changed a lot over the years in a very good way. Ten years ago when we started, everybody was single. I thought that was a good thing. Could devote yourself to the work of the Lord, you know. Ten years later, only one remains. Not only that, they no longer come to work two by two. They come to work three and four. Pregnant with five, planning six. I said to them, I'm very confident in my leadership and what God's called me to do. But as far as doing ministry and marriage with kids, I have no experience. Would you mind if I invited some pastors from PE who have been married with kids for a few years to come and share with you the advice they might have on how to do both well so that your marriage and your ministry both thrive and the one doesn't pay the price for the other? I had to phone some pastors and pee and say, would you mind coming and talking to our staff about how to do those two things? Because I need help. And I won't be able to do this part. Of course, they both did what pastors do all the time. All the time. Pastors are so questioning. They said, first, we would like to meet with you to ask Why you are stuck 10 years ago, not coming two by two. I said, I'm very busy. I I see a gap in 2025. No, I said, come, let's meet. We can meet. I, I got no problem with that. The point being, ask for help. As a church, we need to be honest and say, we need help rebuilding Church, after pandemic, we need help. We can't ask the same people to do the same thing all the time without burning them out. Band needs help. Gosh, they are faithful people. Through the pandemic, they didn't take a break. When we were all online, they were singing for us. It's someone else's turn to help them carry a little. We need help. And mostly, we need good old prayer meeting moments where you get together and you say, Lord, we need your help. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Victory is gained. Can you say amen? We have to acknowledge that because it creates a community. James chapter five uh, from the message in this case says, make this your common practice. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may, uh, so, so that you rather can be whole and healed. 
and pray, uh, I beg your pardon, the prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful to be reckoned with. Elijah, for instance, human just like us, prayed hard that it wouldn't rain and it didn't, not a drop for three and a half years. And then he prayed that it would uh, rain and it did. The showers came and everything started growing again. Now this passage of scripture, I know that word confess your sins uh, causes a lot of anxiety it's not meant in the same sense as my confessing of sins to the Lord. When I confess my sins to the Lord, I confess to Him things that separate me from God. When I confess my sins to one another, I confess things that separate me from one another. Do you see the difference? There are things that separate me from the Lord. I must repent of those. And then there are things that separate me from one another. I've got to confess, acknowledge, be open, be vulnerable when I have offence or caused offence, when I am disconnected or feel disconnected. I must do that because wholeness and healing then comes. When I confess to the Lord, wholeness comes in my relationship with Him. When I speak to one another in vulnerability, wholeness comes in our relationships with one another. We need to ask for help. And the best place to start is to ask for the Holy Spirit's help. Sometimes asking for help from God and from one another simplifies things and personalizes things. I love this passage of Scripture on asking a question. Look at this in Matthew chapter 16. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, He asked the disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say it's John uh, the Baptist. Others say you're Elijah. Still others, Jeremiah or some other prophet. And then this powerful question, but what about you? What do you say? Who do you say I am. And Simon Peter answered and said, you're the Messiah, son of the living God. Jesus said, blessed are you, Simon, uh, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father in heaven. Uh, and I will, I will build, um, and on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not uh, overcome it. You know, I love this passage of Scripture because of a little transition Jesus does. What do they say? What do you say? Let me tell you, we live in a world where what they say has to be separated from what you say. There are too many opinions in the world for us to adopt, consider, include, or contemplate. And the Holy Spirit needs to come and say, I hear what they say, but here's what I say. And then God says, you're blessed, and I can build with that. I can't build on everyone's opinions. I can only build on my decisions. I've got to make some decisions. I, mean, I can listen to them, but I, I can't decide on them. I can't build my life on general opinion. I've got to build my life on personal conviction. The Holy Spirit needs to help us sift through the opinions and get to some convictions. Can you say amen? In the evening service, I'm bravely going through hot sources while also trying to answer hot questions. This last week was pretty tough. The hottest source so far is 2 million Scoville. Kieran reminded me that pepper spray used to get rid of thieves is 1 million Scoville. On Monday, my knuckles, joints, and skin folds all ached. I'm not even joking. I thought I, I could feel hot sauce oozing out my body but I'd still rather have that than some of the hot questions people were asking. After the service, somebody came, a few people, they said, we don't really agree with one of your answers. 
the question was, how do I feel about people going through gender identification change where they identify perhaps as something other than their biological uh, self? And to hear the answer to that question, please come tonight at 6 p.m. That's all I'm going to say about that story. That was just like a build-up little marketing. It's not right, eh? They came to me after and said, we, we just don't agree. I said, it's okay. You cannot agree and I cannot agree. But I do want to ask you one question. Before you decide what you are and what you are not, can I ask you the most important thing that should identify you? Have you answered the question, am I born again? Because I don't want to overanalyze something that is corruptible, the old self anyway. I want to analyze the new self, which is incorruptible, and ask the Lord, what do you say that I am? You've got to to figure that out. Now, I know, I'm sorry, pastors. I'm sure I've generated lots of hard work for you. Many emails. Send them to me. I'm up for it. We've got to simplify things and then get conviction and respect people, but pay honor to the Lord. I don't respect him equally with all other opinions. They say Elijah, one of the prophets, John, who do you say? No, you're the Messiah. You're a cut above the rest. Now I can build my church, Peter. Now I've got something to work with. Finally, when we ask for help, we stand in agreement with the Lord. When we don't ask for help, we imply that the Lord will come to our opinion. But when we ask for help, we're saying, Lord, your will be done. See, when we don't ask for help, we're sort of hoping God will come through on our terms. But when we ask for help, we say, Lord, what would you like us to do? It changes everything. And it happens on his terms. That's a better place to be in, on his terms. I want to ask you one or two questions. Have you asked the Holy Spirit for help? Have you received the Spirit? Have you thought about letting God use you to ask someone a helpful spiritual question? When people moan, your friends, you know, don't go to an arbitrary person at the restaurant. And if you hear them moan, say, have you asked the Holy Spirit for help? That may even be legal now. Um, but can you, can you, are you willing to interrupt the spirit of this world with a loaded spiritual question and redirect the direction of your life? And be willing to let God use you to ask questions of others. I... I find it difficult often to wrap up a moment like this. By the way, you're all in big trouble. We're going to pray now, but you're in big trouble because Jeffrey's Bay has moved to its own venue. So there's no church that's going to meet straight after them, which kept me on time. Now the only thing putting pressure on us is lunch. Some of you are like, ah. Lord, have mercy. I wondered if we could conclude in prayer by asking the Lord for help today, corporately, as a church. Whether you're watching online or in one of our churches or on radio in North End in person, wherever it is, would you mind if we, instead of praying uh, for a blessing, let's ask for help. 
and believe that the Holy Spirit is sent to our aid as our helper in time of need. Can you say amen? Would you please stand with me? Wherever you are. And our prayer this morning will simply be, Lord, help us. We need your help. And if you wouldn't mind just inserting whatever area of, of need you might find, just insert it in that prayer and, and ask the Lord for help. And then I'm going to ask if you've never even known of the Holy Spirit, maybe if you would start a prayer today that says, will you please reveal yourself to me? I'd, I'd like to know more. We're going to do Alpha courses three or four times a year in our church, partly because Alpha includes a Holy Spirit opportunity. And when you hear about an Alpha course, maybe you'll want to sign up if you have no experience in living in the Spirit and by the Spirit. If that may be a bit foreign to you or perhaps a little bit intimidating to you, go to an Alpha course and midway through, you'll actually have an opportunity to be prayed for to receive the Spirit. And I'd like to encourage you to do that. But let's pray. Father, we thank You that we have a high priest who can be touched with our infirmities, our struggles are important and real to You. Thank You, Lord, that according to Scripture, You've not left us orphans, but You've sent us the Spirit who guides us and helps us in time of need, who uplifts us and renews us and restores us. Thank You that Acts chapter 3 reminds us that when we confess our need, times of refreshing come from the Spirit. Today, we ask for help. Holy Spirit, please help us. Holy Spirit, please help the church. Holy Spirit, please help us speak spiritually to our neighbor, our family, our friends, our own hearts. Holy Spirit, please fill us we receive and welcome the work of the Holy Spirit in our families, in our hearts, in the family of God, this church, and in this nation. You are our reward and our solution. Please help us. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, would you give God one great big shout of praise and thanksgiving?